All right, are we ready? Yeah, you want to say the date too, just so they know where we're like. All can right, you give so, me one second. I gotta pee. Yeah, that's pee. fine. Are you gonna take me with you? You wanna? No. You have a piss kink. Is Pussy. this the episode Pussy. where we find out you have a piss kink? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Whatever. We'll be back. Arch has now left the podcast. Whatever. That you was have, fast. Yeah, you have more fucking. What? What's the problem? <sighs> What? nothing you have more what? risque pictures of me than i have of you at this point so wait that's so not true yeah i've never gotten a risque picture from you ever i never asked for a risque picture of you you're always asking for pictures of me in the bath going to the bathroom any type of function i do in that room you're asking for i have not asked you for pictures of you going to the bathroom you'll say i'm gonna take a shower and i'll be like selfie and you'll send me one of you on the couch and i was like great that's not what i meant but okay <laughs> I'm I just, more than just a body. <laughs> I'm also a thirsty body. Oh well, come get satiated. Come take a drink. I almost made a cheesy joke, but I'm gonna refrain because you're just gonna call me a dad. I'm just trying to see you without your shirt off, man. Like I don't know, it's not that serious. Oh. <clears throat> Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Kink Positive Podcast. I'm That Bad Teacher. And I'm Master Arch. We're a dom and sub from opposite sides of the country that come together every week to share our love of kink and BDSM. And we'll be sharing our perspectives as a professional dom and a professional educator. We hope to lend our perspectives in the name of education, but we are kink professionals, not therapists or medical professionals. So let's get into it. We'll talk about socializing online and finding education online. We'll also talk about some tech-based play today, and at the end, we'll be hearing from some of you and get some input on these topics as well. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Kink Positive Podcast, at Elemental Kink, and at That Bad Teacher, and at Functional Kink Coach. You can also find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash kinkpositivepodcast. Fuck you, pay us. Since Arch and I are both kink educators, we're going to talk a little bit more about kink education online specifically now. So, mm -hmm. oh my God. So I'm really excited for this part. Okay. So as far as your kink education online, so when we're exploring kink online, we might socialize and you're going to get a lot of different information from a lot of different people, which could be good. But when you are investing in an educator, you want to be sure to be vetting your educators, just like you would vet a partner. There is no official qualification to be an educator in the kink space like there is in, you know, other arenas. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be talking about things that we think you should look for or avoid when going down the education avenue online, which like suddenly seems to be very popular. Right. I mean, it's funny because when I started exploring kink like five or six years ago, I felt like there was like nothing. And I was like, just grasping on, like I was reading the, the books, you know, like the, 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 you know, tried and true things that were like the common recommendations. And I felt like, you know, there was nothing to, I, I had a hard time and I could have just been looking in the wrong places maybe, or maybe I was just overwhelmed by the information, but I, I feel like it's become very popular now where it's almost like everybody's an educator in their mm -hmm. own way by sharing their own stuff. 
Yeah, when I started, I mean, the only place you could really get that education is by going to a kink event like Kinkfest or one of the major festivals that hired educators to come give talks. You know, the, and the resumes that these educators would carry would just be all the leather events and all the kink events that they had done and all the talks that they had done or books that they had written. In kink education online, everyone is saying the same thing. That's part of the cringe factor. Like, wow, you just figured that out <laughs> like the basic 101 stuff right. you mean or like the like oh being submissive right. makes me feel right. free it's like no uh -huh. shit don't tie people up and leave them yeah cool <laughs> like <laughs> thanks um look for people who have unique messages too many are in it for likes or just event about relationships or blatantly borrow other ideas and build them as their own i would say anybody that uh doesn't really have an original thought i think we both agree is a pretty big red flag you know and yes we can feel similarly to someone about how we feel about something but blatantly plagiarizing and taking their ideas your own i think is a big problem big problem i'd also be super super cautious of light and energy workers because they are using their words to lull you into a false sense of security and bank on the fact that you'll believe everything they say. 100%. And I would say even beyond kink, when that you're finding someone who's going to teach you about business or teach you about yoga or teach you about anything, when they're like love and light and I'm a healer, like just be careful. I'm sure there are certainly legitimate people in those spaces. And I think the legitimate people in those mm -hmm. spaces are probably just as annoyed at this as we are when people try to market that. Yeah, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. These people also use their accounts to curate a persona, like deleting comments. And that's a huge red flag. I think that showing conflict in comments actually shows that this person is engaging, but just everybody viewing saying, I love you, you're amazing. Like that's a red flag. Like not everybody's going to agree with you. And curated profiles are a enormous red flag because they're only showing you what they want you to see. They only want to put their best foot forward. Like, and I think that the vulnerability factor is left out. I think that the, again, like the people that disagree with them, like everybody has haters and that's normal to have when you're spreading a message, but only people that agree with you really makes it seem like you're just deleting those comments or that you're hitting a brainwashed market you know like it, it's really not good and also that's not education we've all had that teacher at one point in our lives even in school when like a kid makes a really good point they're like oh no 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 no, no. i mean it's what i said it's what i said whenever someone brings it back to their own stuff in that way like that's like deleting comments in real life mm. i think we've all had teachers like that that's not what education is it's a narcissist. <laughs> That's a red flag of a narcissist. Is somebody that's curating a profile to only show you what they want you to see. I really believe that. Plagiarism online is almost impossible to avoid. But again, ripping off someone to make it sound like it's your own work is not okay. It really isn't. Uh, Hellbent, ego-driven narcissists are convinced that what they're doing for the kink community is good is also something that just doesn't serve our community well. 
at all. Like they think their work is irreplaceable and that they're, mm-hmm. what they're doing is a good thing. Whereas like, yeah, sometimes we don't see it that way. Right. I mean, that's how I have, <clears throat> there have been times where I have felt like, oh, wow, that's, that work is really similar, you know, to my own. Like, I don't have any proof of like plagiarism for mm-hmm. uh, per se, but there have been times where I had presented a specific idea and I'm talking about like about larger accounts, like way larger than mine, where mm-hmm. they'll have the same, literally the same phrasing, the same, same way that I put it. And they'll be using that. And, and also I've been someone who people have been like, oh, talking with you gave me a really good idea for a post or the conversation we had gave me a really good idea for the post. But then they don't say like, oh, my conversation with that bad teacher made me think about this differently or gave me this idea, Mm -hmm. you know, so there's no like crediting there. So like, let's talk a little bit about, about that. Not, and this again, is like, not just anybody that doesn't give credit to anybody is probably a red flag too, you know, or sharing your influence. I would also say like the way you give credit is important too. So paraphrasing someone else's work and displaying it as your own isn't cool. Like consent and communication apply in education also. Mm-hmm. So I am thinking of a particular account that I've been coming across and there are these like nicely aesthetic put together infographics about whatever the topic happens to be. And so it will be all the information in the infographic, no sources in the graphic. Then it will be the caption underneath. And then at the very, very bottom of the caption, it says sources, and it will say the other educators there. Now it will say like big people, like Evie Lupine is one of them that's used mm-hmm. a lot. And I notice that this person doesn't tag Evie Lupine. She doesn't link the direct mm-hmm. source of Evie Lupine, but they're saying, okay, I heard from Arch and that bad teacher and Evie Lupine, and I paraphrase this whole thing basically mm-hmm. without saying that in the comment. Where like, if that's what if that is your approach to education and that's what, how you wanted to participate, like if you wanted to be the Cliff's Notes version of mm-hmm. someone else's work, there might be a place for that. But I think it's all about in the way that you do it. So like, I would say that's the kind of educational avenue you're taking that you would say, hi, welcome to my page. I paraphrase, you know, I put together other people's work in a digestible thing. I take the best of the best and I put it together in a way that makes sense for me. None of this work is my own, like copying Mm -hmm. and pasting and paraphrasing and putting like flowers around it. Like that, that doesn't make it your own. That doesn't change like the, like, not that we're going to get into copyright things, but you're not altering it enough that it's like a totally different thing. You're paraphrasing Mm -hmm. someone else's work. So I would be um, mindful of that. Just talking about education and kink and what it's supposed, what it's supposed to look like. So you guys remember, I'm a, I'm a teacher, like in my regular life, or I was before I left. So I talk a lot about ethics in education. Educators with ethics operate in a consistent way. They're student-centered. They make reasonable efforts to maintain safety. There's a commitment to transparency. So not deleting comments, not Mm -hmm. preventing opposing viewpoints. There is integrity. So not knowingly making false claims or not knowingly answering a question that you are not prepared to answer. There is an effort for diversity. So amplifying voices and viewpoints that are not only self-serving, it's not just you and your peers and people that look like you or sound like you or have the same experiences as you. Good point. Also, there's humility. So admitting that in fact, you do not know it all. 
And these are the educational ethics of teachers in the real world. So apply those to how things are in the kink space. And like when you're vetting your educators, those are some things that I would look at. Yeah, those are good standards to hold people to, for sure. And now also keep in mind, that doesn't mean that everyone's going to do all of these. I already know what standards of these I could work on. You know, I know I could work on accessibility. I know that I could work on, you know, um, diversifying things. So it's not to say that only good educators do all of these things right all of the time, but they're aware of them and they make an effort and they have humility and they're able to say, oh, this is where I could be better. This is where I could work like Arch was kind of saying about the people are in it for the likes. So I would be mindful of traction versus quality. Mm -hmm. So in other words, not just posting for the sake of posting, not answering every single question you get. Also take a look at how the questions are being answered. Do they respond with how everything relates to them and their relationship or to the audience or to both? Mm -hmm. Do they promote other accounts or is the answer to everything always their own content? Mm -hmm. Do they always say how they practice BDSM versus how they might help you practice BDSM? Is it more of a performative relationship or a relationship on display, which might be helpful, but I would say to be clear about what that is. Not every, not everyone who has something to say has something good to say. Also, not everyone has to be an educator. I do understand the desire to share and and we should, but just like we want to be honest about our skill sets with hands-on play, we want to be honest about our educational intentions as well. What is your intent um, in educating? Teaching isn't for everybody. Right. The accounts that we talk about being fake or bad or not good, they're not always the accounts with zero followers and no profile pictures. They can and often are accounts that have very large followings. So don't let that be the deciding factor for yourself. Transparency is also a factor. If we're making money doing this in the community, in the name of education. Be honest with it. Just be honest with it, that that's your intent. That's your intent, right? Be transparent about that, about your prices and everything. And it's good to also like have that accountability. I was also meaning like transparency in, in who, who we are and, and what we do. Like, what does the creator's bio say? Does it indicate that the content is just for fun to document their personal journey or do they promote themselves as an authority? Yeah. What about the content is original or thought provoking? Is it simply pointing out the obvious for a quick engagement boost? Is it playing on kinksters in an exploitative way? Does it feed into damaging stereotypes? Is there a call to action or to reconsider a perspective? Also, another big thing that I think is really important when we're looking at our educators or people who are like follow my journey type pages, what about the creator's demographic informs their content? So how can things like age, marital status, partner history, identity, and years of experience skew someone's perspective? If you're only talking to the people that are relevant, of course, they're going to agree with you. When we're talking about demographics, like a married couple who like recently started exploring kink in their marriage is going to have a very different perspective than a single person exploring kink Mm -hmm. or a submissive who's only had one dominant will have their own perspective about what exploring kink is. So be mindful about how that's going to affect their approach. And then again, back to the transparency. Are they participating in productive exchanges? Are there responses to conflict of the love and light emoji variety? Mm -hmm. Like when you're called out or when someone disagrees with you, how are you responding to that? 
do they admit faults or indicate when things didn't work out or they could have gone differently or times that they failed? Do they ever talk about those things? So those are some general things to keep in mind when you're ta- when you're looking and deciphering through like kink education accounts and figuring out which ones to follow. Also, I would say look at who, if you're finding friends or a potential partners, be mindful about who they're following. Are they following only big name accounts? Are they following any smaller educators, people with different perspectives in them? Right. Do they give credit to people? And if you are in one of those niche groups, do you feel like you're being targeted with marketing or do you feel like you're really receiving an education that's making your experience more rich? If the ultimate goal is to take you to a pay site to get your money, that's it's not going to be as rewarding as I really learned something from this. That's the that's what makes people want to give is knowing that they learned something, knowing that they took something away from this that they didn't have before, you know, be educated on educators. And if you are in a niche group, like there's nothing wrong with saying like we are, uh, let's just say for an example, we are a married couple. We are giving advice for other married couples or right. like, you know, work in work where you're at. Like, I, and I think that's something I do a good job of is that I'm staying in my own lane. I'm not saying what it's like to um, do DS relationships with kids when you have children, mm-hmm. not with kids. I'm not saying what's it like to balance <laughs> DS life when you're someone who has a family. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, has children because I don't have things. I'm not saying how to do financial domination because I've never done that before. I talk a lot about the interpersonal relationships of it because that's where I think that I'm really good. And I did more like vanilla dating coaching before all this. And I think that's like, again, a beginner thing. Like my niche is beginners and protecting them and giving them education. That's my message. That's my thing. So people will each have their own stuff. Is it just like, ask me about me? ask me about my relationships. Like I love to talk about me, like that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff could get old kind of fast. You know, with the transparency thing, I feel, I feel both ways about this, but people who don't share their faces or their names, um, I think that it's something that, that I notice that. I notice a difference between an educator who is showing their face, maybe not like if you don't want to share your name, that's fine, but the transparency to at least show your face. So that was something that was really important to me when I started out with kink education, I was working in the school and I, I had every reason to hide behind an avatar. I had every reason to not show my face and, and not speak my actual voice or, um, you know, things like that. But I felt that it was very important for me as a teacher and educator to let people be able to like look into my eyes or, you know, hear my voice or know who I am or like, this is my face and this is my message. So like, you can hold me accountable for this, not this Pikachu avatar. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's not who you're mad at. That's not who's teaching you. Like, it's me. This is my name. This is what I'm about. And again, you, we talk about accessibility, how someone gets a hold of you. If there's an easy email to reach out and get a hold of you with more questions, that's a great thing. If they're taking you to a pay site, like be wary. Yep. I think that everyone's trying to, at the end of the day, we do a lot of free work as it is. Mm-hmm. So at some point, someone's going to probably take you to a pay site. If you're talking about one-on-one private coaching or classes, mm-hmm. but a lot of what you're seeing from kink educators, especially your ones that are standing by these ethics that we just talked about, they're putting a lot of time and energy and effort into this work they're putting out. So I think there's a difference between a kink educator 
who, like you said, who is giving you things where you're learning from and you're mm-hmm. finding things like they might eventually say, and I know we have trouble with this. They might eventually say, Hey, if you want to support me, you could send me a tip or you could, you know, do this versus sending you to like either some MLM scheme website mm-hmm. where you're going to like sign up for my, you know, personal course. Like you don't get to see anything about it ahead of time. You don't, you know, but like, mm-hmm. Hey, give me all this money up front kind of thing. So I just wanted to make the distinction there. Cause I, it, it is hard to, it's like, well, where do you draw the line, you know, between free and accessible education and being compensated for the work that you're doing. Right. Right. So, but again, I think if you're monetizing the community, it would be nice if you could, you know, be transparent in who you are and what you're mm-hmm. about, because there's no accountability there. Because then let's say as an educator that's monetizing the community, you make a mistake, something goes wrong, something goes left. You could just take your money, disappear and never, you know, be mm-hmm. heard from again. So I think that's something we don't think about all the time. Sure. Snake oil salesman. <laughs> I don't even know if they know that they're snake or that, that they know that that's what they're doing. Like you said, I think that they think it's good, but I also think that they don't think that they don't, they're not used to being questioned. Ego-driven narcissists. And I think, again, like we're all a little narcissistic on the internet, not trying to like, you know, judge, but yeah, ego-driven is a red flag. Yeah. And like you said, giving a, always bringing it back to your own content, always redirecting you to pay, um, talking badly about other educators too. I'd be like mindful of that. Um, or like, if you have a miscommunication with someone or you're not in this, like putting them down because of that, or like, um, like doxing someone or calling them out, this person has a post I don't like kind of thing. And, you know, I'd be mindful of that. I have called people out. So like, I've done this with people who I've had like bad, engagements with where they were trying to either like get money from me and have me be like a spot, like a, I had someone approach a big kink account approach me to be uh, like a brand ambassador for them and like promote their work. And I was like, I don't even know what your work is. Like, I'm not going to promote your content because I have no idea if it's good or not. And then that same person uh, screwed over my one close friend on a business deal. And then that same person got into a not great, um, argument and kind of doxed a third friend of mine. And at that point I was like, Hey guys, if you want my opinion, I don't think this account's that great, you know? So again, your mileage may vary. Right. Now that we talked about all the things not to do (laughs) in kink education, I am going to recommend some kink educators for you guys that you should be following. So I have two for you. These are the two that I have that I've found over the years that I appreciate all the work that they're doing. It's high quality. So let's talk about it. So two accounts that you guys should be following are Aoife Murray Life. And Aoife's name is spelled A-O-I-F-E dot Murray dot life. So that's how her name is spelled, but it's pronounced Aoife in case you didn't know. She is a lovely person. And the other account that I will recommend is Aaron's account at Kinky Baron. If you are not following Aoife Murray Life and at Kinky Baron, you must be following them. And if you are following them passively, you need to be taking their classes and engaging with their educational work. They are two great educators. I was very lucky to find. I noticed their work and it stuck out to me right away as a teacher. Mm-hmm. They're not like following some cheesy aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Or making it all about them. That's a good 
that's a really good thing for sure. I've also attended classes by each of them. So I've seen it from the inside. So like, mm -hmm. just as an educator, I could tell you they run their classes effectively and well, the classes are a good investment. Aoife, Aoife is very good at giving clear, concise, non-biased information about kink on her Instagram page. She also directly indicates when she's giving her personal opinion about something versus when she's just giving the education portion. She's also, she's the one that I was telling you trolls, like the trolls, the trolls. Mm -hmm. Oh, she's so great. So she responds to comments too. Like when she gets comments, giving her feedback, she responds to them thoughtfully and she handles confrontation better than anyone I've ever seen online, probably because she's not a reactive American, but she's incredibly dignified, uh, dignified and talented in how she handles disagreements. Mm -hmm. And she's someone who uses conflict as means to come to a common ground, which is like one of my personal cornerstones, like in relationships. Like, so I always say, like, when you're like fighting with a partner, fights are not like bad or good fights are an opportunity to create more understanding or to create common sure. ground to work on something. So definitely go follow Aoife. She's so fun. She's doing a bunch of classes. She um, is Ireland based and she works a lot with the colleges and universities near her, which is really cool. So she's a really good resource, um, you know, for anyone to follow. I definitely check her out. Aaron's page at Kinky Baron on Instagram, they'll give you a perspective that you never even considered about kink. They'll talk about things like accessibility and challenging stigma in a pragmatic and tactful way. Mm -hmm. They're also like very personal and they make you not afraid to reach out to them or ask questions or engage with them. That's yeah, he's always thing. been really nice whenever I've reached out to him. I yeah, agree. yeah, they're great. Um, they're someone who is not afraid to challenge the big guys either. So mm -hmm. that's what I really like too. So the big name accounts that we see that we're saying sometimes don't give the best information. Aaron is really good at finding information that may or may not be on point and kind of hitting it on the nose or redirecting it. Um, mm -hmm. That's another good quality of an educator is to question other educators teaching philosophies or, you know, styles or intent, mm -hmm. like you had mentioned. So with Aaron's account, that's an account that you'll have the reaction of like, oh, huh, like I never thought about it like that before. And that's right. what we love to see in kink education. It's not this stock stuff. So with these two educators that I just mentioned, you'll notice they give their first names. They show their faces that allow for accountability. Mm -hmm. They're not afraid to adjust or pivot. They're adaptable, flexible. Their work is high quality. You can tell it's not something that they just like did on the fly and put out there. You know, they're like over deliverers. You get so much. When I was doing my student teaching forever ago, I had done an observation and the uh, professor observing me was talking to me about developing a lesson. And he said that it's like a cup of coffee and the education is like the sugar and you want to put in as much sugar into the cup of coffee without it boiling, falling over, without it over uh, spilling mm -hmm. over. So you want to get like as much education you can into as a concise, you know, amount that you can without it being too much. So I think that Aaron and Eva do a great job for that. So thank you both. And I knew them both as um, just as educators, just as random, you know, educators that I came across online. So 
over time, I got to know them as people and we became Mm -hmm. friends and things like that. But these are not just my friends that I had like pre kink or, you know, that I, that I know through the kink community that I'm just like, Oh, go see like my bestie. Like these are two people that I've had a lot of productive, engaging conversations with. So I would definitely go follow those people, less meme accounts and more accounts like Aaron, go check them out. Uh, two educators I'd like to mention as well, uh, on FetLife, Passion and Soul, Lee Harrington is one of the most wonderful, uh, just fantastic educators. I've always found them to be just really on point with their message and very, very expressive, very imaginative, someone who really brings a lot of what if you know, to the world. And I think that in kink, that's something that's highly, highly underrated. Lee is hands down one of my favorite people in the kink community. And I take a lot of influence from them and what I do. Always been an advocate of me. So anybody that's stood by me, I have a very special place for in my heart. The other one I don't know as personally, but uh, the kink shrink is fantastic fantastic on FetLife and she she's an English woman by the name of Deb that really isn't afraid to explore the dark edges of kink and really isn't afraid to say what's on her mind and I think that that's something that's really good in the educational field to just unedited uninhibited and really, really, really on point with their message. That's amazing. And spoiler alert, we have a dark play episode in the works for you guys coming up. Yeah. So we're really excited about that one. Definitely. All right. So I think that's everything we have on kink in education. So the next part of this tech episode is to go over some like long distance relationship things like remote controlled toys and Bluetooth toys. So let's talk a little bit about that. Well, I mean, the only toys that I really have experience with as a pro that does work online are more remote controlled toys and Bluetooth toys, such as like the Love and See, um, surveillance cameras, smartwatches, shocking play, um, time delayed play apps, obedience apps. Some of these toys like are super fun to play with. One of my clients has a Bluetooth toy that I can control that we use for electric play. And I'm able to control the current and shock him from a distance. So while it's attached to him, I'm the one in control of the electricity. So that has really brought us closer over the years because it gives an opportunity for him to give control up and get his masochistic needs met through remote control. So I think that's super important in that relationship for us to make our connection. And the website, just so you guys have it, is L-O-V-E-N-S-E.com. They have these awesome Bluetooth toys. There's a few of these that I've been dying to get myself. So now I'm getting distracted by the website, which I'll be sure not to do. I'm not sure if there's a website that he has for where he got his stuff. I'm assuming it's a Folsom electrical unit that has some sort of Bluetooth capabilities. So as far as other distance options, so you have remote controlled toys and Bluetooth toys, like we just talked about. There's also things like surveillance 
using cameras or using smartwatches to track someone's body or to track location, things like that. I know people will go that route. Oftentimes there's time delayed things you could do on apps and through distance as well. So um, keep an eye out for those things. And we're also going to talk a little bit about making distance play fun. So when you're not in the same room with someone, what are some good things that you could do to kind of bridge that connection or make your distance play more connected? Mm -hmm. I think a big part of that uh, is giving people access to things, giving people access to you, you know, while you might not have the warm body in front of you to control, giving someone access to your computer through a team viewer, like program or giving someone access to your location. I mean, those are all things that enhance the relationship and also have an edge to them. You know, they are scary. It is scary to give someone control of your computer. It is scary to let someone know that you might not know that well where you're at at all times, but that's the risk that comes with this. So making distance play fun can keep connected with each other and communication open. Intent and inflection and tone are not seen through texts. So stating intent and playing with someone is just as important as consent. So be clear about it for sure. <laughs> I love how you're reading your own notes and agreeing with yourself. It's so yeah. cute. So yeah. you're saying, so Art is saying that some things to make distance play fun or to keep connected with each other and keep the lines of communication open. Absolutely. 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 Keeping the line of communication. And the state stating intent in the play. I like that. You know, that's not something that I see specifically stating what you want to get out of the scene. It's a good, good way to go. Super. And then I was just going to say it's super important. So. It is super important. So then there's like some common sense things that you can do if you're going to be participating in distance play. So you want to make sure that you have the time and the space to do what you're going to do. You want to make sure that all of your devices are charged and you want to be truthful if something comes up. So like if someone rings the doorbell or something, you know, just like communicate that to your partner. If you're doing anything distance that way, no one's like, just like waiting on a reply. If you're texting, remember that, you know, like Arch was saying that your inflection is not you know, reading over text. So you might want to change your texting pattern or your style to indicate moods. You could utilize reactions or emojis if they're available on whatever you're using. Also something that I do that Arch does also mm -hmm. is that uh, we'll like describe our nonverbal body language. So when I'm talking to someone uh, far away, uh, I might say something like nodding or yep. smiling. <laughs> Yep. And, and that, cause that's sometimes that's all I have to say. Sometimes I don't have words, but my response is just like, they'll tell me something I'm nodding and I'll just reply saying nodding. So, right. so just indi indicating your nonverbal body language is a good way to go too for just some distance play tips. All right. The final thing we're talking about today is how to avoid fake kinksters online. And we just gave you a bunch of good information kind of all around this arena, but we'll review quickly. I just want to reiterate to anybody that says there are no limits is a giant red flag. I think everybody has some sense of limits about them. So I, I said this earlier, adding limits to no limits, people's profiles is a thing. So that, and if they're young and inexperienced, people assuming titles without any investment or backup. I mean, we all start somewhere. And we all feel a certain type of way when we start and we're happy that we identify as this, 
but I think words like sir or master, those are titles that are earned. Like I, I really believe that experience gives those titles more credence. And while asking for someone to refer to you as sir, as a sign of respect, respect is also earned, you know, like don't assume that just because you want that respect, someone's going to give it to you. Your actions and how you present yourself online or within the community will show people that you are in those titles, not just coming onto the scene and saying, I'm so master so-and-so, call me master so-and-so. I think that experience definitely, definitely has the advantage in that. So this applies to educators and to like regular old kinksters too. We're talking about mm-hmm. avoiding fake kinksters, avoiding fake educators. Um, there's another big account that I'm thinking of that asks for all their followers to call them by like a very specific honorific. And they had posted something like, oh, you can call me this honorific, this honor or this honorific. And I was the only one that commented. And I was like, what if we don't want to call you either <laughs> Right. <laughs> of right. those things? Like, you're not right. going to like, no, thank you. Um, you know? So again, that kind of goes back to the ego thing. It's like, why would someone like, I certainly don't want all my followers calling me my very special honorifics that I use in my real DS relationships. Like personally, right. again, everybody's different, but like, what is the intent behind that? So be careful of people who don't act like real people, like who are always being right. like the domly dom. Or well, like the or subby a is sub. Or a mistress. Or a mistress. Zero experience, you know, and it just using honorifics that just show some sense of importance that really are not earned at all. So we can kind of tell when someone's really young, we're like, oh, you're 18, 19, 20, you know, whatever, like 18 to 25, we could kind of clump into the probably like inexperienced area. So people that are young in that sense might take these titles on too early in a sense that, you know, we don't, we wouldn't maybe recommend, but this Mm -hmm. could happen at any age too. Like a Dom could be 40 and start calling himself, sir, with no experience. So when you ask about the experience or the references like Arch mentioned, and they either don't have an answer or they get really irritated that you asked, that's Mm -hmm. strange because anyone who is like worth their salt or has integrity in the community if someone asks them like how long have you been doing this what are your references they're used to being asked those questions and they have answers for them and they know that it's not a reason to get their back up right people carry patterns liars will always be liars cheaters will always be cheaters i mean it just these are behaviors that are extremely hard to break and it because it works for people online to be that and it serves people online to be that people will promote it will promote people to be even more of that if you're reposting an abuser's shit and you don't know they're abusive you don't know that you're perpetuating harm people saying that they're an authority on something is always subjective don't be afraid to ask people for their references if they're redirecting you back to their own content that's not references And you are not defined by the number of likes and comments you have. Right. So that is a big part of the danger. Like sometimes you will be reposting someone's stuff or like participating in these tags. Like that's another big thing I see kink online that we didn't talk about today, but there will be like, oh, like thirsty Thursday tag. And like, a, you know, one person will tag a bunch of other people to encourage them to, you know, to post like a sexy picture. Mm -hmm. Be mindful about that. Yeah. You know, what, what, what's, what's someone's, um, you know, intent 
in doing that? Why does a Dom want to uh, tag 10 subs and say posted thirst trap today? Like, right. you know? Right. Well, I think that's about it. And to everyone that joined us today, thank you. For everyone that thinks you're making a difference for selfish reasons in the community, fuck you. <laughs> if you have anything you'd like us to cover in upcoming episodes, let us know. You'll find us on Instagram at Kick Positive Podcast at Elemental Kink for me at that bad teacher for her if you'd like to support this podcast check out patreon.com slash kink positive podcast and if you'd like to work with us one-on-one -on -one, go to allformasterarch.com functionalkink.com or onlyfans.com slash that bad teacher i just want to say that you'll get more out of her OnlyFans than you will out of my website I you said, said this in the first one i said that a lot i just i i stand by that I, stand I, by that. I appreciate that and you were saying God, listen i'm not gonna get into it but yeah you that's were a saying, plug for your only fans and not my website so. no i know i know you were just saying that i had more pictures of you than you had of me and so it's just thinking about my content just is making me laugh that's all no. um so i appreciate that okay we're gonna say our little out our little mm. tagline you you like it and then you don't like it one day you like the tagline, the next day you don't like the tagline. I just think it's hacky. Well, I know. It's we have just, intro it and outro music, really. Like, we have intro and outro music until we, really, just leave it be. You don't want to say it? No. Okay. I think it's cute. It is It is cheesy, but it's like, it's something consistent. So, like, I mean, again, like, part of sales is, it's cheesy. Like, part sure. of sales and sure. teaching, like, it is, you are going to be cheesy in, in a sense. Okay. Well, then I'll say it. I'll say it. Mm -hmm.